Hey there, I'm Victoria, a certified Christian life coach, author, motivational speaker, and university educator, and I am obsessed with helping you navigate through life's ups and downs so that you can live day by day in God's peace despite the many external demands on your time and energy. The Choose to Think Inspirational podcast is about the delicate dance between God transforming you from the inside out and your personal responsibility for change, maturity, and refinement as a Christ follower. On the show, I'll help you connect the between your faith and your life in practical, meaningful ways while giving God room to do what only He can do and so that you can shine your light for Christ and be better equipped to serve your family and help others around you. You can change every area of your life one thought at a time. Welcome back to the Choose to Think Inspirational Podcast Brain Changer. Let's dive in. On the Choose to Think Inspirational podcast, we take two scriptures very seriously. 2 Corinthians 10.5, which tells you to take every thought captive and to bring it under the obedience of Christ. And Romans 12.2 admonishes you to be transformed through the renewing of your mind. In our Magnificent Monday series, we are going to take a deep dive into about 12 common cognitive distortions or filters that are impacting your emotional well-being and consequently your behavior. And why is this important? Because your thoughts, whether they're accurate or distorted, impact your emotions and feelings, which in turn have a direct correlation on your behavior and habits. If you want to change your behavior in life, you know, what you're doing, you got to get to the original thoughts that are driving your actions. You've heard people say they feel stuck, anxious, depressed, fearful, and less than or unworthy. Well, we're going to tackle these sticky mindsets and put a bullseye target on the thought patterns and distortions that fuel all this negativity so that you can turn a new leaf in your life, find rest in Christ, and allow your faith to be refined. You're a diamond in God's eyes, and maybe it's time to let him do a little polishing on your thought life so you can get on with the business and purposes he has for you in life. The Magnificent Monday series episodes will offer you bite-sized nuggets for change. You've heard it said that a single acorn is the promise of thousands of forests. Well, making an atomic change in your thought life is the promise of a lifestyle change that optimizes your physical and emotional health as well as your relationships. Let's nail down that faulty thinking to help you live your best thought life. And I'm here to help you brain changer. So let's go. Hey there, this is Victoria, and welcome back to part two of the Magnificent Monday series, where we unpack the most common cognitive distortions. We looked at polarized or all or nothing thinking last week, and on tap for today is overgeneralization. Now, you'll remember that a cognitive distortion is kind of like it sounds. Cognitive means mind or thoughts, and distortion means out of alignment, bent, warped, or twisted. So together, it means your thoughts are crooked, and they're negatively charged and they do not line up properly with reality or with what God says about you, about himself, and about your situation. In varying degrees, we all have some level of faulty thinking. And generally, we quickly recognize our faulty thinking, we dismiss it, and then we move on with life. But there are times when we spend way too much time in negative loops of cognitive distortions, or we get stuck there. Just imagine 
one of those twisty ties, you know, those little fuzzy twisty ties, and you can just twist and twist and twist and tie. And, you know, that's kind of where we get. If our thinking is way, way, way too distorted, then we kind of get like in a knot with our thinking. We get stuck there. That's what we're going to talk about today. First of all, not going there in the first place. And second of all, how to get unstuck from that faulty thinking. Let you and I pull back the curtain on cognitive distortions so we can catch them on the get-go. Keep in mind that many of these distortions overlap, but pay attention to the theme Bible verse for each week's episode that you can apply to each cognitive distortion so that you will know exactly what to think about instead. Our theme verse for today is from Philippians 4.8 again. Last week, it was concentrate on whatever is true. That was the key verse on overcoming all or nothing thinking. This week, we're going to think about whatever is praiseworthy. Praiseworthy. Now, let me show you how to recognize when you're actually on the brink of giving way to overgeneralization in your thinking. And be sure to stay tuned to the very end as I will offer you six ways to deal with this pesky cognitive distortion. What is overgeneralization? Although this is one word, it has two parts. Over and generalization. Over means excessive in this case, and generalization is a term that is extremely broad. Generalizations can be kind of like stereotypes. For example, all Americans wear blue jeans. Generalizing is taking one characteristic, someone who wears blue jeans, and applying it to all cases, or in this case, to all people. And this would hardly ever be true. You know, I don't think I ever saw my grandmother in jeans, and she was an American. Just like with all or nothing thinking, the words always, never, everything, and nothing come into play. Let's take overgeneralizing Olivia, for example. Yesterday, she made a suggestion to her husband about a home project they had been working on together. Ultimately, the idea wasn't, quote, adopted, and Olivia overgeneralized and concluded that her husband never listens to her and doesn't value her opinion at all. He never takes her input seriously. Or how about overgeneralizing Opal? After a hectic morning, Opal is running late, but finally she got all the kids in the car with their shoes on and their faces actually scrubbed clean and they're off to meet friends at the park. Well, on her way to the park, she hits a red light and she thinks with a disgruntled and defeated tone, nothing ever goes my way. You see what Opal did? She generalized that because she caught the red light, this was just another indicator that she couldn't catch a break in all areas of her life. Okay, so how do you know if you are prone to overgeneralized thinking? You can ask yourself these two questions. Number one, after something doesn't go your way, do you tend to make a sweeping judgment about something else? My husband doesn't like my suggestion about one home project, therefore he doesn't value my opinion. This is generalized to any opinion I've ever had or will have in the future. Another kind of example is I miss the light when I'm in a hurry, therefore I'm doomed in general and nothing ever works out as planned for me. And the second question you can ask yourself to see if you're prone to overgeneralizing your thoughts 
thoughts would be, do you negatively characterize yourself based on one event? My husband made an honest remark to me that I found hurtful, so I must be an unworthy and unlovable wife. Again, these questions are when something doesn't go your way, go the way you'd planned, do you tend to make sweeping and negative judgments about something else in your life that's very general and broad? And the second question is, do you put yourself down in general based on the outcome of one isolated event? So if you can say, you know, I kind of do those things, then you're going to want to listen to these six remedies that I have. And as I've been dealing with these cognitive distortions, I always want to try to give a personal example if one will come to mind. And so I pray through this one and I can think of one scenario that popped up in my head and the Lord maybe laid on my heart. And it goes like this, as you may know, my family is very important to me and comes in on my priority list right after my relationship with God. I long to be the salt and light to my parents, my sister, my husband, my nieces and nephews, my children and grandchildren, stepchildren, everyone. I want my home to be filled with love, light, unity, forgiveness, freedom, and a whole lot of laughter. I pray that often, by the way. And I also often pray as God to make me the best family member, whatever role that is, that I can possibly be. But sometimes I'm tempted to overgeneralize based on one single event. Let's say on a given week, things are popping. I've got podcast interviews, new classes launching, a doctor's appointment. I get the grandkids one day. And then of course there's pickleball. Side note, I need to get that t-shirt that says, not today, I have pickleball. Have you heard of that one? <laughs> Across the front, it says, not today, I have pickleball. So ask me to do anything. And my answer is, mm, not today, I have pickleball. I kind of feel like that. Truly, pickleball is my stress relief. Keeps me physically healthy and gives me a very meaningful social activity. So I love pickleball. Anyway, you get the idea. The week is bouncing by and maybe there are a few hiccups along the way. And for whatever reason, in addition to those, I don't get out to my parents' house to visit them like I try to do every single week. Well, what happens to me emotionally when I don't get to go out there? First, I feel sad because I miss seeing them or helping them. Actions that make me feel good and like I'm a quote, good daughter. Second, I feel guilty. And this is where it starts to get sticky for me. Not only do I feel guilty, but suddenly I find myself engaging in generalized, in a generalized thought like this one, Victoria, this is what I'll tell myself. You're not a good daughter. You know, I go from missing the visit to my parents' house on one given week to concluding that in general, this makes me a lousy daughter. And let's just say that guilt is a tough feeling to work through. Remember, your thoughts lead to feelings or emotions, which in turn lead to behavior. God-honoring thoughts lead to God-honoring actions. Well, I really don't like experiencing the emotional discomfort I feel when I go through guilt or even something like shame. It makes me want to avoid the pain, to find some distraction or go get something like a pint of ice cream that's going to give me comfort instead. I think you get the point. Let's say that you recognize you too have a tendency to get trapped in the cognitive distortion of overgeneralization. What can you do? Here are six tips to help you iron out any twisted thinking that you may be engaging. Number one, first of all, begin thinking about what you're thinking about. Notice how from one event, you go to a very generalized conclusion in a much broader sense. Are you telling yourself things like, nothing ever goes right for me in life. I can never catch a break in my marriage. I'm always the worst player at pickleball in our league. 
Catch yourself using broad, sweeping generalizations and conclusions. Number two, just like with all or nothing thinking, avoid using words like always and never, anything and nothing. Like I'm never going to date again based on one incident with one person that you tried to date, for example. Number three, reframe your overgeneralized thinking by using the word one, that's O-N-E. Instead of making broad generalized conclusions, only focus on the one event. Encourage yourself. For example, this is one idea my husband didn't go for. I'm glad we make a great team. This is one red light that I caught today. I'm glad I get to slow down a bit as it's been a hectic moment for me. Let me say a quick prayer to God while I wait. Okay, that's another example. Here's another one. That is one interview I didn't get. God must have something else in mind for me where I'm a much better fit. Number four, this is now the fourth tip that I'm offering you to help you work through overgeneralized thinking. Find something that's praiseworthy. Remember, that's our theme verse in your situation. This pulls us back to Philippians 4, 8. If anything is praiseworthy, think on this. As a Christ follower, God is very specific about what you should think about and where you should focus your eyes. Can you make a favorable conclusion instead? Can you praise God, not for the event itself necessarily, but for some aspect of the event? For example, God, I thank you that my husband wants me to become more Christ-like and he speaks the truth in love. I may not like his observations about my behavior, but I know it gives me an opportunity for growth and for personal development and refinement. Thank you, Lord, for using my husband to reveal to me those areas of my very soul that need purifying and refinement. Number five pray. Ask God to give you his enduring comfort and pleasure with your thoughts and feelings. Look to Jesus as your example and role model. He knew that there was only one answer, and that was to be obedient to his heavenly father. Think about when he was in the garden of Gethsemane. He's not my will, Lord, but yours. So you can apply that thinking in your prayer to whatever situation you you enter or come into. You are to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. A thought like, I'm a lousy mom, daughter, sister, nana, colleague, or friend is so overgeneralized that it is simply not true. Pray and ask God to help you take these types of thoughts captive to transform them and find the relief you need to have straight thinking. And number six, if you are determined to overgeneralize anything, choose thoughts about God. Use these scriptures to guide you and give you hope and encourage your heart when you experience any negative event in your life. I think you're going to like these because they're very general and they apply in all situations. These verses, and I'm paraphrasing here, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. With God, all things are possible. God will never leave nor forsake me. He is always with me. So allow those, if you want to overgeneralize, put it there and allow those to be like a warm blanket around your heart and your very soul, especially when you come into a trying situation. So these six tips again are these. Number one, recognize any broad generalizations you're making based on any single event. Number two, avoid using generalized words like always, never, anything, and nothing. Number three, use the word one to help you reframe and keep your eyes on the event, the one event itself, not the generalized conclusion, i.e. that was one red light I hit or one interview I didn't get. 
Number four, find something praiseworthy in your one event. Number five, pray, asking God to be your comfort. And number six, energize your thought life with scriptures that speak to God's sovereignty and great love for you that apply very broadly and in sweeping ways to your life scenarios and that will give you enduring comfort and pleasure and something to think about that's healthy. Okay, there you have it. Thank you so much for tuning into today's series. I've had so many positive comments come my way about the Magnificent Mondays and unpacking all these cognitive distortions. I think I've struck a chord in trying to offer my audience practical ways to connect the dots between biblical truths and practical applications. These Magnificent Monday series podcasts really cover the first four steps in the seven R's for living your best thought life. Recognize what you're thinking about, resist the lies or untruths or negative thought patterns, replace these thoughts with God's truths about you, your situation, and himself, and repeat this process until you find the emotional health that you're looking for. And by the way, in case you didn't know, there's a new companion journal to the Choose to Think devotional. When you buy the set, both the devotional and the journal, be sure to get your free infographic, which details all seven of these steps of the seven R's to living your best thought life. It's a handy printable that you can stick on your desk, in your car, on your fridge to help you keep your thoughts healthy and full of God's wisdom. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. And you keep living your best thought life. And that's a wrap, Brain Changer. And listen, if you like what you hear, would you leave us a one to two sentence review at Apple Podcasts, share the link with a friend, or tag me on your share on social media? It would mean the world to me and would help us to keep shining the light of Christ and sharing the good news to others who are in need of encouragement. Please visit us on our website at choosetothink.co. That's with the number two, choosetothink.co, to get on our monthly newsletter list. And if you need a guest speaker for your next women's retreat or church event, I'm your gal. Email me at choose to think at gmail.com. And that's with the number two, choose to think at gmail.com. Finally, I offer limited free mentoring sessions each month where you and I can chat to help you develop a strategy for your thoughts in any area of your life. I'm a certified life coach and I have something to share. Visit choose to think.co and click on mentoring for more details. Also, keep in mind that the messages on this show are for informational and educational purposes only. Please consult your medical doctor for all medical issues. Thank you again for tuning in. God bless you.